0: When you leave the podium and walk around, suddenly the way you smell, the way you move become very apparent to your students. Also, you bring with you a certain kind of potential, though not guaranteed, for a certain kind of face-to-face relationship and respect for, quote, what I say and, quote, what you say. Student and professor are looking at each other. And as we come physically close, suddenly, what I have to say is not coming from behind this invisible line, this wall of demarcation that implies anything that from this side of the desk is gold, is truth, or that everything said out there is merely for my consideration. That the only possible way I can respond is by saying, good, right, and so on. As people move around, it becomes more evident that we work in the classroom. This is a quote by Ron Scapp, dialoguing with bell hooks in the chapter, building a teaching community in teaching to transgress. Welcome to season
1: four of Safe Topics. In this series, we're talking about books. And other things. Yes, other things, but we're going to go deep on some books. Not like a full book review, but like a chapter by chapter review, which I guess adds up to a full book eventually.
0: (laughs) Yes, and we're going to talk about anything else that makes us think about how we teach and why
1: we teach. And we want you, the audience, to join us. Listen for details about how to do that at the end of this episode. All right, here we go.
0: Okay, so, Sean, you just finished teaching, like, just a second ago. Um, how were you smelling while you were walking around your classroom?
1: Um, pungent with marijuana. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't smoke marijuana. Um <laughs> I just that's the first thing I thought of because like when people do smoke marijuana and then they're like walking around like as if we can't smell them, especially students. I'm like, you know what I do whenever there's like a student that's like clearly had been smoking up before class smelly, you know, I'll, I'll like be lecturing and then I just stare right into their eyes and then look away real quick yeah, just so they have that moment of like, what was that? right?'ll <laughs> play into the experience a little bit, you know. <laughs> but, um, no, I'm not sure how I smell. I probably smell okay though. I, uh, yeah, I'm you know, sure. practice good hygiene and stuff, so I'm sure. <laughs> pretty solid in that area. Um, but I think what 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 really grabbed me there was the uh, this idea of like not just considering yourself and like what you are thinking about, right? Um, it's kind of a basic public speaking one1 thing where you're knowing the audience, but then also engaging them and what are your goals for whatever the session is I um I always try to be where and what I think I am. That's what I try to do yeah, and what what that is is you know, I try to think about what is the most in my in my estimation and evaluation and assessment like what is my what is most appropriate for who i am where i am and when i'm that thing and yeah. what i mean is when i first started teaching i was wearing slacks mm-hmm. and a button up shirt mm-hmm. that was tucked in mm-hmm. and i stood behind the podium and it was an anchor yeah. And I had my notes and I went through the plan that I prepared. Right. So, today I have jeans and a t-shirt <laughs> and a beanie. And a beanie. Smelling pungent of marijuana. No. Um <laughs> I, No, and then uh and and I I don't even know if there is a podium in the room that I'm in because True first off there's no podium but station or whatever i'm not i'm not back there at all and um i'm i'm in the mix i i sit on desks i'm in the back of the room now i'm over here on the side like i'm all over the place and i have no notes at all you know um i i pretty much whatever it is i know i know what it is yeah um and it's a lot more casual i used to i used to like uh you know the first my first time teaching i called roll yeah yeah i did that right oh there's no call and roll anymore
0: no that's interesting
1: but you know what's even more interesting is that now i don't call roll anymore but i know who's not there right and 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 i can name them like right away and we're only in like what week four yeah i'm like yeah that's totally I'm like, oh, I wonder where they're at. Oh, maybe they're late. Oh, it's a little rainy. Maybe there's traffic, and yeah. she'll probably join us soon, kind of thing. Right. But um, that that's what I mean. So like, like this has changed for me, and it's been totally dependent on where I felt I was. And I did say, when I get a full time job, when I when when I'm tenured, you know, I I really hated like during the tenure process of people being like, well, you should really wait till your tenure to say blank it's a really common refrain in our in our profession because it's like then you'll have the protections and then you know it's safer to say that and i always felt like you're being conditioned to be silent for four years or four years plus so what makes you think you'll speak up after four years of that kind of conditioning um but kind of just to be a little hypocritical though i always felt that you know i would dress and and act and do what I wanted in the classroom more. Um, once I achieved that status, because not, not because of the protections that are involved, but because I thought it was appropriate for the audience to know that, like, look, I'm beginning, I'm new. I'm taking this seriously. Yeah. But like, look, I've been doing this a while now. I want you to know, like, this is how I am now. I'm more comfortable in doing this. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. Um so your how you dress how you move um it's it's in you're intending for it to communicate to your students like a welcoming message right a a, a gesture towards um that that i want a relationship with you i want to learn your name
1: yeah yeah um i think it's more of a giving them confidence that i got this you know like you're it. gonna okay. be fu- you're gonna be fine sure. in here you know because i'm comfortable right yeah. and so you you could be comfortable too we can all let our guard down do you uh, can yeah. yeah go ahead
0: i was gonna ask you so for you that that you you feel more clear in that messaging by getting outside from behind the podium and getting into the middle getting into the mix do you feel like Is it's possible to commute for other professors for whom their pedagogy and practice is different for them to communicate exactly the same message from behind the podium that I got this, right? That sort of confidence and structure and
1: oh I think it's a lot more immediate that way, actually. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yeah. I think if they're behind the podium and they have a nice suit on, it's already like boom, commanding presence. Like you you already know what's up. But Ro- you could, it's yeah. it's all it's all downhill from there, you know. Like, <laughs> well, I don't know. You, but- you, no, you can't. You almost can't get higher, though. You're already there. If right. I start off the way that I oh, am, it's right. like it it could build up, and 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 we got a lot more to play with, in my view. You know, if you come in and you're you're a total stiff, yeah, I said it. You're a stiff, and it, and come in there, yeah, you could be. People could respect that off the bat, but like, you you know, they're they're looking they're looking for the human part. They're looking to bring, bring it down a notch in their minds. Right. Like they're not looking to bring it any, any, any further up. But if I come in the way that I am, I feel like that, that, uh, and you come in a lot more casual. I think that then you prove to them through your facilitation of the space that, that you're not just competent, but like, okay, you're Mm -hmm. on, on level with the stiff. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I hear that I hear that that's that's in, that's really interesting um i am thinking of one of our colleagues who teaches anthropology mm-hmm. who who does teach more traditionally um um yeah uh, uh, from a lectern yeah who she's in the same office building as me, who came back from class in the middle of lecturing one time and just yelled down the hall, "Curry, remind me next time to bring my spear thrower." Because yeah, she yeah, had yeah. forgotten this artifact. And so, like, she, I wouldn't say stiff about this particular person. Like, she works it behind that podium with some cool
1: stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say stiff, but she's hard, for sure. <laughs> like, yeah, that that's a hard person. And, and I mean that in, in a loving way, because I, I do love her. And I think that she's really, really good at what she does for sure. And so much, be- much better than I could ever be trying to do that same thing. I'll say that.
0: Well, that, so that's kind of the space I'm, I I wanted to take us into it. I think, and I want to tie this back to, uh, like ask you about a quote from, from hooks here in a second. But I think, I think part of this is our own, our presence. This takes, takes us back to, um, Thich Nhat Hanh. Remember that, that, oh, that yeah. the milieu of teaching mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. of a certain, right. It's like, this is a, the possibilities of what will about what's about to happen. Right. And that's that comes right. with all of it, right. Who the teacher is, their presence in a the space, their knowledge, all that stuff. So I, I feel like that's what we're talking about. When we talk about that, we are talking about personalities and we're talking about strengths and we're talking about gifts and and we all manifest those in totally different ways. But Hooks is also talking about bodies and she's being very intentional about, about the political and ideological sort of frame that 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 you cannot untether from bodies. Right. And so she's thinking of class. She's thinking of race. She's thinking of gender. And so this is a quote that's just above the one I read at the beginning. So this is what Ron is responding to. And I'll read I'll read part of it. And then I want to kind of ask you about it. So um, Hook says part of the class separation between what we do And what the majority of people do in this culture, so what we do as professors and what the majority do in service, work, and labor, is that they move their bodies. Liberatory pedagogy really demands that one work in the classroom and that one work with the limits of the body, work both with and through and against those limits. Teachers may insist that it doesn't matter whether you stand behind the podium or the desk, but it does. And then I'll read just one little bit more. I remember in my early teaching days that when I first tried to move out behind the desk, I felt really nervous. I remember thinking this really is about power, right? And she was losing that power a little bit. Um, so I'm just wondering how, like, what do you, what do you think about that? And and what's, what's really kind of speaking to you in that quote? What do you want to do with that?
1: Um, I'm thinking about jujitsu. <laughs> okay, so...
0: perfect. Oh, that's nice.
1: <laughs> um, I know that I don't, if I choose, I could so choose not to use my body a lot in the work that I do. Um, that's why I love going to jujitsu. And, and I I have to use my body there, right? And I have to figure out um, different ways to use it. And that not being a requirement with the work that we do. Well, first I go to that. Like I I, I talk about that in class too, about how look this is like we talk about social class and how time skill and labor is really all that we as workers have to exchange for a wage that, that we use to sustain our lives so yeah. when you talk about time skill and labor so the time is nine to 10 15. the skill is this public speaking teaching facilitating um you know whatever um and then the labor, is kind of all of it is like the grading and the prep and all of that, but it's also what I'm actually doing in that classroom. Right. right. And yeah. the, the, the moving around or not. Right. You could get really tired just standing behind the lectern and, and giving a, you know, a full body lecture from back there, you know? Yeah. Um. It, uh, it's weird. Cause uh, you know, the feeling and the teachers that are listening know the feeling like you leave a class drained like in a good way though, like after a good workout kind of thing, right? Like, it's like you definitely used up a lot of energy um, with, with, with the brain, right? Of like figuring stuff out, interacting with a bunch of different people um, almost simultaneously and uh, kind of troubleshooting on the spot and connecting things on the spot. So I think about all of those things um when she talks about that and i had the a similar feeling in the beginning of my teaching career uh when when leaving the podium and leaving the lectern and and coming out into the classroom um and i think that's just because like i wasn't yet confident in um my ability to i wasn't anchored in my my teaching so i had to be anchored by the physical object of the podium yeah that's interesting yeah how about you
0: no that's such a good point um yeah i i um i was pretty quick to not engage from behind the podium and i think that's probably because how a lot of Literature kind of seminar based classes are structured, so I was kind of used you to had that.
1: Better graduate school prep too, though. That's honestly. true. Yeah,
0: and that's yeah. right. Folks that I was teaching with for the first time, we were all pulling on each other and challenging
1: each it other. It wasn't like your first time teaching. It was just the first time you had your own class, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Is, is that true? I mean, I'm just pretty saying much. No, that's on, pretty yeah. much.
0: Yeah, okay. lots of observations uh, uh, of other you know, teachers and then even of me in that TA role. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, um, I, so, but I, I don't, I I can't put a, like a, my finger on when I'm really starting to think about this in my career, but, but definitely not at the beginning, but this, this notion that Hooks is talking about, about the power structures of the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, That's something that, that, that now I really think about. And, and, and let me put it in some concrete sort of um, terms. Like I move around the classroom. Yes. And I like my students to get into small groups and have those awesome conversations with each other. Totally. And I want to like dip in and check in and see how that's going. But I'm really mindful of I'm a six foot two white male with a long beard. And for me to go to that group and stand tall and kind of like look over and they're all sit- sitting and I'm going to talk to them like that. It recreates a power dynamic. Right. Um, and I'm also mindful of women when in my to. classroom who are wearing, you know, maybe low clutch shirts. And if I'm standing at that vantage point, that could make them feel very uncomfortable. Right. That I have that, that sort of view. Right. And yeah. so I try to, you know, kneel down or crouch down really get at that or just pull a desk up and sit and try to get into that space with them for that sake of 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 kind of what we're talking about
1: yeah it's like no 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 i was i was saying that it's a it's a power you're recreating a power dynamic that they're used to right that that, you know six foot two white guy with a beard looking over you right um dog training Dog training. I think about that. What do they tell you? You got to get at level with the dog. Be respectful. Yeah. Right. I'm not equating our students to dogs. I'm just saying there's a similar situation out there. You threw me there your for Your dog training.
0: Huh? I hear you. I'm with you now. Technique. Yeah. You're talking okay. about technique. Yes. You got to
1: get down. Crouch down to the dog's level. Yes. You don't bend over because no. that you're like looking over. As, you know, you're saying looking over the students like that. Like yes. dogs, like, what are you doing? You know? Right. Yep. And, um, you know.
0: So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm also I'm also thinking a lot about who my students are and what I perceive about them. Mm-hmm. I talked about this a little bit with um, uh, some of the equity training I've received, and then we were really we were told, like, guess what? What your students' racial identities are? And I'm right. at first going like, oh, that's very uncomfortable <laughs> for me.
1: Encode um, it. Encode it.
0: You in, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, i especially in an English class, I think it's, I think it's relevant and it's useful pedagogically for me to think about how, how have my students, based on their, sort of, they've been racialized in an English class before, what, what are those experiences going to mean in this class, especially now that they have a white male teacher, right? Um, yeah. And so, how do I, how do I work? in a way. So I call attention to that. I try to create space for reflection about that. Um, And then, and then attempt to kind of move into spaces where a a relationship with me is possible.
1: Yeah. 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 And and I mean, I I feel like that in a way, because I feel less about being the teacher that they never had the later I am in my career. What I mean by that is like when I was first starting out and even a few years in, I felt like I was giving them something different than what they have experienced up to that point because of my own experiences of never having a Filipino American professor. Yeah. Um, myself, um, never having a professor that admittedly didn't graduate high school, you know, and all of these other things. And so, you know, and I say that that's less now because I'm not that anymore, you know. I've been doing this as long as I've been doing other things. So um, I'm more professor today than those other things, where early in my career, I was more of those other things than professor, right? Totally. And um so i i I don't play that anymore you know it's kind of like if you're like a rapper (laughs) and you know rappers they would always talk about like being so hungry and like coming up and when they get money they're gonna do this and that right yeah and then they get the money right They, they can't talk about like when they get the money they're you know or struggling and doing all this stuff now they gotta talk about all the cool shit they're doing with the money like i mean that's they got to move on to that next phase, or else they're inauthentic, right? And and then that's even worse, right? Right? Than just being right. like authentically arrogant and an asshole like that. That that's almost acceptable because <laughs> right. like you're being genuine. But mm-hmm. if you're like like yeah, still struggling, I got to get that money. People will be like, dude, you're a millionaire. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like right. no, totally. you can't play that anymore, right? Um, so that's what I feel like now. Is like, I'm not playing the card of like, you know, someone who struggles, somebody who struggles in those ways, at least, and someone who um, like is using that as kind of a motivational, inspirational, or even a connecting piece, you know, Mm -hmm. that's now far enough in the past to where that's part, that's just part of the story. It's not, it's not the main narrative anymore, you know? Yeah.
0: How do you feel so how how do you feel your relationship with students have changed over the course of that sort of your identity forming around these different narrative points in your life and now and now being at this point where you're like you say like you're identifying as a professor in this way?
1: Well the age is a big part of it, you know. And and a lot of my students they're closer to my 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 daughter's age than they are to mine. Totally. Um and when I started teaching I was 26, 27. Mm-hmm. so at that point they were kind of close closer to me yeah. in that way um which which i think for let's do it on both ends for me it was like okay i i i could still relate in some ways and like i know the music the culture the this the that like you know i'm still very much embedded in in that generation they're part they're on the fringe we're on the fringe of each other's generation kind of thing yeah and then you know for them it was more like oh damn this guy's a professor at 26 27 like that's cool like okay like there's there's some hope you know like totally yeah yeah yeah. i i could get through this and do something cool yeah um and he likes it you know so um but now now like you know 10 years in it's like um i look at it more as like I have so much to learn from them, like way, like so much to learn, like that every new um, class that I have, I'm like, this is an opportunity for me to figure out what's going on. Cause like, I don't want to watch the fucking news and find out what's going on. I want to talk to the people, you know, (laughs) and these are the people right here. They're right here. They're they're in my, they're in this room with me. Um, But then I think the other way around is now they look at me as like, Okay, this dude's like a dad. This dude's like a you know an adult. This guy, Uh, but he but he's still he's still kind of cool. Like not cool. Like trying to be like doing what they're doing or interested in what they're interested in, but cool for thirty (laughs) seven. Like I want to be cool for thirty seven. I don't want to be like a thirty seven year old that's cool for twenty. 27 <laughs>
0: totally that sucks
1: to me that's like not cool <laughs> at all <laughs> agree but i also don't want to be the 37 that's like cool for the 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 57 when i'm 57 i want to be cool for 57 nice. so my yeah. 57 year olds out there don't 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 get it twisted i want to be there when i'm there that goes back to what i was talking about like right. being who i am for where i am
0: right exactly um,
1: exactly in any case so i think that that's kind of that that evolution is like always realizing again, like where I'm at, and who that person should be for me at that stage. Not not even just a general view of who that person should be, but who I feel like I should be at that stage.
0: Yeah, I know. I know my jokes don't land the way they used to uh, five <laughs> six years ago, and and
1: I'm definitely but they're even better when they don't land sometimes. Right? <laughs> that's that's the new joke is that it sucks. <laughs> Exactly. That's the new joke.
0: Right. Totally.
1: <laughs> um, no, I think but you, I, you're always kind of youthful and you're a little bit older than me. And I feel like you still bring a youthful presence to the things you do. You get a no, little grumpier, though, I think. There you go. That's it.
0: That's it. a little bit,
1: but not not too noticeable, honestly.
0: <laughs> part of it. Part of it is my kids are the age of my students right now. And so. Wow. And I've always I don't know how you feel about this, but I've always been very very intentional in my own mind organizing issues related to my kids and my role as a father and parent are different than issues related to my students and my role as a teacher. And never never do I mix those two drawers.
1: I, I, that would be a dangerous game. I don't yeah. even know how that would be possible honestly.
0: Right. Um but I have to say I'm challenged right now because there are like things I see my kids doing that I see in my students and I'm getting a little grumpy Uh, and then things I see my students doing where like little like hints of that are in my kids and I'm like oh you cut that shit out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I think that's Uh, so just to make a quick tether back and then we can chase this again I think what Ron and, and and Hooks are saying here about the body and our mm-hmm. identity and and it's so it's so inter- intertwined into what we do as teachers and we're not just this sort of neutral, objective mind in a space that's expert in our field. Um, that that when we really engage this kind of teaching, this community oriented, relationship oriented, um, where we want to empower our students of agents responsible for their own learning that it involves all this right it involves all of these these little um ticks and sort of um bits that make us who we are right?
1: yeah but we're not the best judge of that I think you know you can have a level of self-awareness and reflection um but uh, I don't know if that you if that's really gonna mirror what other people would say like if we had students on right now we could ask them like well, what What is our presence like physical presence in the classroom, you know, yeah. and I bet it's going to sound different than like what we're talking about how we're self describing right now. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, like for you, for example, like when you're in a class, I've seen you in a classroom, I've actually just like walked into your class uninvited nice. and, and started and started talking to your students. It's awesome. Remember, I was just like asking them what they're learning about. And I know um, people do that to me like,
0: all the time, actually. They were like, <laughs> wait,
1: who who is this? What's going on? And then you have to introduce me because I don't introduce myself. I just go right in.
0: I love it. Uh,
1: it, it is really fun. Um, but anyway, and I would say, yes, you're a tall white guy. That's it. <laughs> and you have, a, you have a big beard. Yeah, the, those are objective truths there. But um, the other thing is like, you seem gentle, though. You know, I wouldn't say gentle giant because you're not like six six. You're six right. two. But but for a bigger person, like a taller person, um, you could be in impo- like you could go like total like sure. biker, yeah, style sure. like easily like in a day. Like we just go buy you some new clothes right now, you'll be there. Right. But and, and that would totally change everything. Um, but it seems that you're really gentle, and it seems that you're very like with the long beard and stuff there is kind of like the the cultural um connection to like wisdom potentially sure but but like a wisdom like where you'd be kind of you know maybe um pungent with marijuana as well like with a long pipe <laughs> <laughs> potentially i bet a lot of your students think you smoke weed and I'll i know you it. and i know you don't but I'll like i i i think that they would make that assumption for dude, sure
0: dude can you imagine when this beard turns white I'm not even have to prep anymore. I'm just gonna come in the space and just all that privilege that's assigned
1: to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just have to go in and go words exactly. The meaning like, in the words, <laughs> not the words that create meaning. But, and then just sit in silence for five minutes, and they'll be like, "Oh shit, shouldn't have smoked so much before class," but.
0: And I appreciate that. And I've I've had, I'll share this. This is so stupid, but I'll share this. I had a student this semester in the middle of the class say, um, you're Santa Claus, like called me Santa Claus. And I thought, oh, oh wow. That was the nicest thing. Thank you so much for saying that. Oh. Um uh, and uh bless your heart for another student nice. a couple <laughs> <of> semesters ago. <laughs> I overheard this. Uh, she said, I'm a skinny Hagrid. And I thought, Oh, that's a nice thing to say too, actually.
1: <laughs> wow. I see that one completely. That one's clear, but not really. Cause you're a little more cerebral than that fellow. Um... <laughs>
0: uh, but I take, I take both to that. What your point earlier, that sort of like giving gentle sort of, you know, and I really appreciate that. I strive, I strive for that, but um, I want to, so I want to share this too, as we're reflecting on our, our sort of careers as teachers and how we've grown and who we've become. I, I, for quite a while, um, was not thinking about, you know, who I am in a space and how that's different for other people. Because I remember hanging out in department meetings or like working with colleagues women, women who are shorter, um, colleagues of color where they're mm-hmm. describing these sort of classroom dynamics or like, you know, how, like this is emerging and, or, how, and I'm, oh, my yeah. first reaction is just to be like, well, I do it this way. So just do it this way. Like I, I'm not thinking about wrong. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so that, yeah, yeah, that, that has taken me, it, it took me work to do, to, to kind of have that, that awareness. Um, yeah. and 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 I always want to be be mindful of that too right um especially on this podcast where we 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 hope folks are listening
1: <laughs> well I, well here's the thing too is that people will ask me the position that I'm in like people ask me a lot for like techniques or advice or things they should do in the classroom yeah i, I always it always comes with the preface of like and the qualifiers of like hey this works because I because of who I am you know and 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 not who I am like charismatic or like good whatever it's it's also the physical presence you know um and and all of those things so I'll say like this is what I do but you got to think there's a lot of other variables involved than the script of what I do you know what I'm saying yeah um I mean and and to kind of further that that idea like I I I'm very aware. I've always been very aware of who I am when I come into the classroom and even the amount of space I take up, you know, yeah. which is a lot. And and, and um, I think both physically and just like, I don't know, psychologically, I guess, or whatever. Uh, sociologically, I take up a lot of space um, and that could be done a number of different ways, you know, that's right. I, I We've been in spaces together where I think I take up a lot of space because of the view that I hold. But then also, I think I take up a lot of a, a lot of space because I won't say a damn thing, you know, and I, I want to be mindful of those kind of things, because when I go into a classroom, like, yeah, I'm six foot six one around there. Right. And um, over 200 pounds, like, and I'm not a small person. Right. You know. Right. I'm I'm not like a huge person but I'm I'm definitely nobody would describe me as small. Right. Um and and I think that my physical stature could be if I didn't offset it with the the playfulness that I go about my 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 work, I think that it could be imposing or intimidating and I've been told as much by people who have never actually talked to me or been in my class they are like oh I saw you on campus you look kind of scary or you look kind of mean sure because I have a look and if this is, it's hereditary like my dad has the same look it's like I I don't look like a nice person from the from a distance you know um yeah I would have to spend a little time with folks so I'm always kind of aware of that too because people might just act the way that they do because of what I am physically, you know?
0: Right. No, for sure. Yeah. And I, so, so I, I think it's for me reading this chapter, I'm getting a lot um, from thinking about just how, how, you know, just that awareness of who we are as teachers Um Across all these ideological spectrums and across these identities, that this matters, right? It, it matters enormously for each of us individually. Um, and I think, and so that's number one. And number two, I think about who each of us are in our teaching craft, in our profession, how we grow, how we how we build our courses, how we we shape our pedagogy and our practice. And it's it's because, as as Hook says, it's it's because of kind of you know, um, strengths as well as limitations. And it's with those and it's through those and it's against those. Um, And I'm at a point in my own teaching where I'm really, really reluctant to ever say, here, come look at my course because I think it offers you a model for how you ought to do things. Like my online class is so me at this point. Like I've definitely benefited from trainings and sort of seeing how kind of, you know, how other folks are doing it just so I, I'm I'm current and kind of you know uh, 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 resonating with certain design elements. so that's in my course. but there's so much that I've done to like fight against the LMS and kind of do it my own way and I've built in all these things that for me to tell anybody like here check out my my teaching in this space and and take it as a model. like those are my gifts in that space it's my own creativity in that space it's my limitations in terms of how i deal with other things it's so me that um i for us to have conversations about teaching online it needs to be at a different spot it needs to be about goals and values and principles and and maybe technology if those all those things are aligning
1: you Um, don't even have to you don't even have to say online like this teaching
0: i'm using that as a specific uh, example but you're right exactly
1: yeah and and like you know i think it was bruce it was bruce lee that talked about like you know he's like you know i can like show you all these techniques like in terms of martial arts i can show you some really fancy footwork and all this stuff right yeah but um to be to be yourself you know that's right it's a he said it's a really hard thing to do and and it's true because what you're saying like I could show you things. Right. And I could even tell you, this is the way to do this thing. And it, you know, it's like, and you could be like, wow, that's cool. You know, and you might even adopt it and you might even be successful with it. Sure. But what's better though, is when people come to me with those kind of inquiries or they're they're needing help. You know, my first question is like, what are you trying to do? You know? And like, whatever you're trying to do, let's help each other let's let's learn from one another of like how to how, like what would be a great plan for doing that and then then you can do it and i feel like even with our students with our colleagues it's the best approach because you just don't want to always go back to the well of like someone else's way of doing things Exactly. you want to find your own way and I think this goes to like the artificial intelligence conversation and you know we're at a time right now in 2023 where AI is like the topic yeah. and it's like these are things that help us do things or not or they could be bad for any number of reasons as well but the reality is the the when we talk about fears about it, I don't really have fears, but I do have a concern that we further lose the desire to find out how to do things ourselves. That's right, and, and that's that's a danger, right? That's not the, to me. I always say it. I have said it on this podcast several several times. But the the best thing about this job is is the ability to create something and then try that out with your students and And for that to go, however it goes, fail, fall flat on its face, wild success one semester, the next semester, it sucks. Like to me, that like, I don't want to take that away from anyone. yeah, and and i I certainly value it more than just about anything else
0: that is, that's so interesting that you landed there because you're as you're talking about artificial intelligence and kind of linking it to teaching, I'm thinking about a professional development program that's all like, very canned trainings um, where you get a course shell and you get these sort of lesson plans. And, and it'd be so, it'd be so similar to just kind of, and so easy to just for, you know, for new teachers and teachers that are just struggling with, with whatever right now to just adopt these things, just to bring them in and let's do it. If they work, they work, let's go for it. And I'm not saying there's no value in that. It's true that these certain, certain models have efficacy, just like chat GPT. You know, it can reproduce these logical forms and these different styles. Well, that's because those things have efficacy, like they communicate well. Um, But what you're talking about is that the language we speak as teachers through our curriculum, through our practices, right? It's sort of we've got all of these things at our fingertips and I can facilitate learning and I can I can engage a space and community because of how I've come to to sort of use those things as a body, as an identity, as a mind, as, as a teacher Um, it's mine, right? I can use it.
1: Yeah. I cook very good meals for my family. Yeah. I am not a fucking chef. (laughs) True. They got the, Hey, you have the recipe, you have the instruction. I follow that shit to a T, you know? Yes. I cannot create a meal from scratch or from my mind. I can't say let's just put all these things together and this is going to be great.
0: Yeah,
1: I have to look, what have we found that an idiot like me can put together (laughs) and and make a decent meal. So my, my kids will eat it and they like it. And and, you know, I I am not a chef though. That's the difference, right? It's like, you can make good meals. You can create good lessons. You can create even good courses. You can't, but are you, what, what would be the word? Right. Are you a master of teaching? Not really a fan of the word master. Um. Like, w- what would that be? Like, I don't even think it's professor because that means something totally different, you know? But I think it really means, are you a teacher? You know, I think that's probably what it is.
0: Yep. And You're making me again, think of that um, Thich Nhat Hanh quote. Um, which I'm flipping for right now, but probably won't find in time. But just that he's talking about like an aura, like a melu, and that makes mm-hmm. it all seem mystical and whatever. And I don't mean to sort of impose that. I think we can we can demystify it really easily, and it's just it it is that presence, it's that it's that sort of heart for another person and want to seeing them want to, want to see them succeed in a classroom, right?
1: Um and, and I've seen a lot of people teach, you know, and I've seen people who are really good at classroom management, really good at um, lecturing, really good at group work, really good at designing assignments. But I'll tell you what, there's only a handful that I'm like, that's special. You know, like when, like when one of your colleagues in letters, and I'm just going to say the name, you could do whatever you want with the editing process. Have you ever seen Jade Hidla teach? OK, I would have been a fucking English major if that was my if that was my teacher.
0: Right.
1: I, yeah. When I saw her teach, I've seen a lot of people teach when I saw her teach. I'm like, no, that's special. Yeah. That's different. Yeah, that that's like. I feel like I want to be here and I feel like there's nothing else going on in the world except what the hell we're doing right here. Yeah, that's, amazing. you know, I agree. Um. yeah. And the students like I saw the students, they all had a smile on their face. Totally. They were enjoying the space for sure you know even like really good teachers i feel like that's not always the way that it is but uh yeah she's one that comes to mind almost instantly but yeah that's awesome yeah
0: cool well i think that's a good place to end it uh and when we turn the the recording off i want some of those recipes because my kids i need more ideas (laughs) for
1: feeding kids no for sure you got the money pit right down the street. I would just be going there like three times a week. Ugh, so expensive. The no line's so long. That's true. That's true. All right. Good talk, man. All righty. If you heard anything in this episode that has you thinking about how you teach, why you teach.
0: Or if anything made you feel joyful or even mad, like you just yelled at your dishes or whooped while you were walking your neighborhood.
1: I've done those things. (laughs) Then we really want to hear from you. You can find us on the Twitter, at Safetopics. Let us know how you're responding to today's book
0: stuff. Like, what did we miss? Or what did we totally get right? Or what questions
1: did we raise for you? And best of all, how are you thinking about your teaching and students?
0: We'll update what we're reading so you can read along if you want, and your feedback will shape our discussions as we go.
1: We may even read some comments in the episodes to come. And not just the nice ones. Safe topics is a safe setting for dangerous topics. That's right. If you like this episode, please rate and subscribe. We've never really asked people to do that before. I know. I think it's cool, though. We're ready to be rated and subscribed to. Yeah, and big thanks to Kelly Burnett and the rest of the Safe Topics team for editing, producing, promoting, and all the other wonderful backstage stuff you do.
0: <laughs> and thank you for listening.